Hey guys, welcome back to the Blair White Project, episode 12, I believe. It's hard to believe it's been this many episodes. Oh my gosh. It's been so many amazing guests so far. And today I'm super excited to have Jamie, who is the founder of Gays Against Groomers. And I came across this movement a few weeks ago and I didn't realize I had met you before. I didn't know who was running it and who started it. And I was like, wait, I know her. I did a speaking event with you like last year back in September and you were super cool. So I was like, oh, I got to jump on board and support this movement. So um, for people who don't know, introduce yourself and what is Gays Against Groomers and why did you start it? Definitely. Uh, well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we met once. I believe that was the only time we've crossed paths. Um, I've been doing this online personality influencer. I hate that word, but I've been doing it for like six years as the gay who strayed on Instagram. And I've built up a following of about 250,000 followers. And, you know, as I'm seeing this happening more and more every day, these videos of the drag queens with the kids and, you know, the trans ideology and indoctrination in schools and media and everywhere you look. Um, I just wanted to use my platform to try and push back against it from within the community. Uh, so I created Gays Against Groomers on June 6th. We're less than two months old and uh, it's grown to about 150,000 followers so far on so great. Instagram, Twitter. And those are our main platforms right now. Um, yeah, so we're, uh, we've hit the ground running and uh, you know we've already been suspended twice from Twitter. We've had two or three articles written about us by Media Matters. So they're scared of us, they should be. And uh, yeah, we're we're hoping to really make um, change. Yeah, uh, with- I think what's so crazy is that even just a few years ago, I would never imagine like that this conversation would even be happening, that there were, you know, forces, in my opinion, you can tell me how you feel about this. I believe that the LGBT community for so long has been sort of conditioned to always double down, right? And that's been a survival mechanism because you know, throughout the decades and throughout time, there have been legitimate grievances for our community, legitimate violence, you know, acted against us and and real problems that we needed to fix, right? And so the only way to kind of get through those, we always kind of had to double down. Like we're not giving you an inch, our community to the outside world because they won't give us a centimeter type of thing. Um, but right. now I feel like we've reached this sort of peak where gay marriage is legal. I can't think of any rights that trans people don't have. Um, and it's becoming in some ways this infighting within the community, which is very like, Gross, not to say I don't sometimes partake in it. I think we all do. But um, and then also, like, I think that there are people with very nefarious intentions latching onto the community and observing, you know, the fact that we double down so much and saying, well, we can use this energy to sort of enact what we want. And that's how you get these people latching on. And, you know, I think that the fact that there is a movement within the community is amazing because when you look at the outside, like the the straight or the, you know, cishet stupid words, community, yeah. um, I don't think they can speak against it with the effectiveness that we can from within. And that's what I've always exactly. said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's one of the main reasons that I wanted to create the group is because, you know, I see we've all been speaking out against it individually for as long as we've been seeing it happen. We're, you know, that's just all, you know, everybody uh, within Gays Against Groomers themselves and, and just all over the place, all the people within the LGBT community that are against it have been speaking out, but we never had a unified front to really put our voices behind. And, you know, you see that straight people and parents, they they talk out about it. Um, and thank God they are, but they're instantly written off as hateful and bigoted many times. So they're shut down right away. And um, 
their voices won't get as far as I think ours will because they're going to have a much harder time doing that to us. They've tried. They call us transphobic. They call us homophobic. Uh, I don't really understand how they can make that connection, but they try. Yeah, but I'm I think not sure how a trans person can be transphobic. Or you're, yeah. a, are you a lesbian? Or are you bisexual? What's your? I'm okay, yeah. How can a lesbian be homophobic? I mean, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Needless to say, but who are the people that are within the movement? I know Ariel Scarcella is part of it. Um, Ariel, Mike Carlo. We have conservative ant. Oh gosh, there's a lot. Matt Ray, Buck Angel, um, Grandel. He goes by Grandel Eleven. We have like 30 people in this group chat that we're all um, talking constantly and creating content. And um, yeah, it's growing every day. I mean, it started with like eight of us, I think. And I've just been asking people, like, you know, I know you align with this. You want to put your voice behind it too. So what would you say are the main goals of the movement? Because obviously you guys are against the sort of predatory behavior that's coming in to the community, but what are the sort of like ground level, like this is what we have to do to put a stop to it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so our mission we say is twofold. Like it's obviously to protect children and we have a lot of plans to do that. To do that. And it's also to reclaim our name and community from these radicals who have uh, completely infiltrated it and destroyed it. Um, so yeah, for plan plans of action, we plan to make chapters in every state in the country, as well as many Western nations around the world. We have already, we've had submissions, people submitting to be chapter leaders in 24 states so far, and in Canada, the UK, and Australia. Um, we want to we want to uh, endorse candidates, um, especially running for school board. Um, we we want to protest. We just want to show up and have our presence um, at any event with drag queens and kids, school board meetings we want to get involved in. Um, and between all of that, and we're also going to have like, uh, we want to have rallies and marches um, across the country, maybe even overseas. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of plans to actually try and end it as well as just growing in size so big that we become a global movement and can't be ignored. Um, and to show that, you know, this, our second part of the, uh, our second goal to reclaim our community is really important to us too, because right now, you know, anybody, your regular citizen, um, just see when they look at uh, the gay community or the LGBT community, all they see coming out of it lately is just this uh, onslaught attack um, towards children. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're associating us with, with all of that. They think that this is something that everybody that's gay or trans supports and wants. Um, but that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. And the vast majority of us are actually uh, extremely against it if not so more than um, more against it than your average person, just because we are being associated as them and with them um, and equated as the same. I so, find that, and let me know if you have um, the same opinion or a different one on this, but I find that when you have other people within, because obviously you guys are getting, and I relate to this, a lot of backlash from other people in the community, other trans people, other gay people, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I always find that so fascinating. And what I'm realizing sort of the longer I do what I do is that most people within the community don't actually know what's going on. So 
they want to just be seen as good people. They want to be seen as accepting and tolerant and loving. And so you have like the average gay person who their knowledge of trans people, they assume it's something very similar. And they think, yes, I knew I was gay when I was 10. So a trans person can know they're trans when they're 10. Um, right. And medicalization, sure, it should be okay. Doctors say it's okay. They don't know the actual facts. When you actually sit them down and tell them, you know, actually it means that the child is sterilized for life. Actually it means their body parts will be missing. Right. And actually there's a high turnover rate for like these kids who are regretting it. That's yeah. when they come around. So I think it's about educating people within the community as well, because I think, like I said earlier, we're just so trained to like always defend the community that we have this blind spot, not you or I, but the community as a whole has this blind spot of like defending things that really are indefensible. So it's like about just educating them. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think that that's a huge part of it. Um, you know, I actually had somebody that was in our Twitter space. We do these Twitter spaces two or three times a week. And somebody was saying how uh, one of their, it was a straight person, but one of their best friends or their best friend is um, gay and he's a gay dad. And, um, you know, he had no idea that any of this stuff was going on. You know, they, yeah. people just, um, people don't really know, you know, not everybody is tuned in like we are and just hyper-focused on this stuff. A lot of people are just living their lives and they don't understand what is being done within the community now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty easy to break down. You just show them um, and, you know, instantly, of course, they're going to be shocked and want to push back against it. Like they're going to oppose it. That's why, you know, I always say that um, the people that are actually doing this with within our community and um, pushing this agenda on kids, I believe that they're a very small minority within our community, but they're so loud because they have the backing of woke media and corporations and even the government now with Rachel Levine coming out and saying that, you know, gender affirming care for kids is life saving when the opposite is true. And Joe um, Biden himself. And now you have the FDA coming out and saying, well, actually, these medications can cause right. brain swelling, can cause vision loss in children. So it's like I don't understand why there's never any correction like. Never. Joe Biden should be feeling like such a moron. I mean, I don't know what he's feeling, if he's feeling anything, to be honest. But, you know, I don't know how you come, you know, and support these things in public. And then more information comes out. There's already damning information. But let's break it right. down to like the few things that that we both know are the biggest threat. Let's So let's break it down. Let's start with um, drag queens and kids. Drag queen story hour, drag queen performances yeah. for kids. This is something that I started documenting a few years ago. And it was something that... It was like here and there. It was like there'd be some weird drag event and there'd be kids and everyone's like, oh, why are there kids? This is not appropriate. And now it's this huge explosion where you have all these like pathetic, like white liberal mothers who have nothing going on in their lives, frankly, in my opinion, who think that they're raising such like enlightened, accepting, like intelligent children by taking them to these performances that are so blatantly overly sexual and inappropriate, age inappropriate. Um, what do you think is the problem with drag and kids? Because the argument from people who are going to oppose us is that drag is not sexual, drag is not stripping, drag is not inappropriate. What do you think? Well, I think there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think overall drag has always been adult entertainment. There has always been, a, you know, any drag show you go to, it is sexual. Um, they are dressed very uh, in very minimal clothing. They're over sex, you know, they hyper, uh, I get what you mean. They like hyper sexualize the, like, um, the physique of a woman and the look of a woman. 
First of all, it's cosplaying, right? It's like these people, these men dressed up in costume as a woman, which I think is confusing for children just point blank without it being sexual. Um, you know, kids are gonna learn that this exists, that there are trans people, that there are gay people. Um, we live in a time now where it, the media is saturated with those, with that, with those people. And, um, you know, even kids movies now and Disney, you can't, they can't avoid it, but I don't think it needs to be shoved down their throats in person. Like just let them learn about it naturally and who they are naturally. Um, so yeah, I think that drag has always been an adult form of entertainment. Uh, I don't understand how this ever started, you know, being pushed on kids or whoever came up with the idea that, hey, maybe we should take this show into a children's library. Yeah, um, yeah it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but obviously, like, then there's the other hand where if they're, you know, a lot of these things are taking place in bars and their their parents are bringing their kids to these events. Mm. And that's not the fault of the drag queen. Um, I right. think that probably they should change up their act if they see children then there or ask them to leave, ask the parents to take their ch kids home. Like, this isn't a place for your children. Um, so I don't know. The fault, I, I see the fault being on the parents and the drag queens, it just depends kind of the scenario. But overall, I see it as purely adult entertainment. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think you can ever actually go to a drag show and think anything else. Like I've been to drag shows and even the more tame performances, I think part of the reason why the sort of like sexual outfits and sexuality gets swept under the rub is that no one really looks at drag queens as hot, right? Like even people who love drag queens, they look at them as as performers and like clowns in a way. They they kind of are clowns. I'm not saying that to be derogatory. Like they're very similar to clowns, right? Um, yeah. And no one has like, I don't think like an attraction to drag queens. I think people have an attraction to gay men, to lesbians, to trans people, not really to drag queens. And so I think that you can have a drag queen who's sitting there, you know, with like... <laughs> you know, in the least amount of clothing possible, gyrating on stage, taking $1 rolls from kids. And because no one's really looking at a drag queen, like, oh, that's a, a sexually like attractive thing. They can get away with like looking crazy around kids. And I think that's right. like part of it. No, yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know, a lot of people that oppose us will come into our comments and say, how is this any different than just a clown at a, at a kid's birthday party or pantomimes? Um, and I think, you know, I think that the differentiation is that uh, just the the nature of it, yeah. the nature that drag queens have always been for adults only, you know, clowns. I, I don't know. I find that uh, a clowns are fully dressed. <laughs> right, right. Drag queens usually um, aren't. Yeah. And they're the clowns were basically always geared towards kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's a big differentiation. Um and uh, we we as at Gays Against Groomers find it just um, not something for kids. Like they, I don't understand why it has to be a thing. It doesn't, and uh, it shouldn't be. I think it's um, like I said before, these like busybody moms who, in their in their mind, the best way to educate people on how to like not be homophobic or educate their kids rather right. on how to not be homophobic is to take them to these right. things. And it's like, I don't think that's necessarily true. I can think of like a million more healthy ways to raise an accepting or tolerant child who's not gonna grow up to be homophobic. And if your only way of doing that is taking them to like some sexual borderline strip club performance, I think you're kind of failing as a parent. Um, yeah, to me- definitely an 
it is like these moms are trying to score woke points. I think a yeah. lot of them are really, really, really terrified to be seen as hateful or bigoted in any way. And so this is how they're trying to show like, oh no, I'm actually trendy. I take my kid to drag shows. I take them to drag brunch. Like I let them explore their gender. I call, you know, I don't, I don't do anything uh, gender, gender, sorry, fuck. Gender like normative, like, like they're yeah. very like, yeah. And it's so cool. Yeah. It's really like boring on their behalf. Like, I think like, is this all you have as a personality? It's like, like, exactly. I mean, you have what oh. used to be called like, you know, I won't say the word, but like F hags, right? Like women mm -hmm. who like just live for gay men. And that's not a bad thing. But like, to me, right. these are like, kind of like that. Like they just live for drag queens and they don't care what the drag queen's doing around the kid. And it's like, what are you doing? And I think that there are actual predators getting to that point that again, they're tactful in the way that they prey on kids. So they're observing the fact that these parents are like defending these performances, you know, tooth and nail. And there's actually been like a bunch of actual people arrested for child pornography, for child predation that are participating in these events and organizing these events. Just Google it, just Google like, you know, convicted mm -hmm. child molester and drag queen story hour. Like there's a bunch of stories and it's like, to me, it's a no brainer, but I don't see why people don't see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that it's actually a really, what's happening is that it's clearing the path for actual child predators to have easy access to these kids yeah. going unquestioned and unopposed. Um, you know, these, these predators are seeing that, oh, all I have to do is wear a wig and some really heavy makeup and go dance around and I can have little kids, you know, tipping me dollars and sitting right. on my lap. And, uh, yeah, I think what this is doing is definitely opening up that that uh, pathway to make it really easy for them to get access to kids, um, you know, to be in a library with them. They can sign up to be a drag queen story hour uh, host mm -hmm. and, you know, and just be surround, be in children's spaces. Right. Uh, aren't going to push back against them. They're not going to protect the kids from them. They're actually going to encourage them and bring their children to these predators. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that is being done now and, um, and, and is a lot easier for them to do than ever before. I mean, they used to have to hide and do all of these things in private and be very sneaky. And now, you know, the door is just wide open for them to come in through. And yeah, I think a lot of people are, are hijacking the community and claiming they're part of it to be able to do that. And it's something that really needs to be taken into consideration um, to prevent. 100%. Um, and for me, it's kind of like, there's so many different, as you worded it earlier, assaults on kids happening. The drag queen story hour with kids is just one, you know, one aspect of the equation here. So you have the kids transitioning. And this is something I've been speaking out forever. I'd be interested to hear like the official right. stance of gays against groomers on this. Um, I don't know. It, it, it all just seems so coordinated, right? Like I remember mm -hmm. a time when trans wasn't even like, much of a conversation at all. It was one of those things that like, it was a topic known about by medical professionals and a certain segment of the population. And if you knew someone who was, it was a thing. But now you have this like corporate media push of, of kids transitioning. You have Joe Biden supporting it and not even retracting it after the FDA says, you know, the recent statement about uh, brain swelling and vision loss in children. And it's kind of like, do you, th what is the reason why it's so coordinated? I'm sorry, that's like a vague question, but- no. Who's doing this? 
right it, it seems like it happened out of nowhere it feels like overnight this so you can obviously tell it's not natural mm -hmm. um it's definitely coordinated from multiple sources i think that big pharma is probably a huge player in this um because uh in the documentary what is a woman um um scott nugent was saying how you know every kid that they get on these puberty blockers and, and get uh to to go through with these um surgeries i don't like to call them surgeries i think they're mutilation uh they're mutilating kids um but they have i think they're gonna be like um patients for life and they're yeah. gonna be on medicine for life they're gonna have lifelong complications and so they see huge dollar signs on top of all these vulnerable yes. uh and impressionable kids um, so I think that's it. I also think that just having, I mean, you can see like millennials in general, were kind of the most damaged generation. We just, you know, they grew up with a lot of, uh, crazy, crazy stuff happening and they were, they seem to be very easy to control now. Like, um, I'm a millennial. I think you're a millennial. Yeah. Um, but I, th I think that they're just doubling down. They see the effects of that. And so the government wants to double down and make this generation of really compliant, confused people that will ultimately just do whatever they say without looking into it for themselves. Because if any of these parents and, you know, these teens were, were able to look into things for themselves or just be, be shown um, the truth about the effects of all of this stuff, uh, I don't think they would go through with it. So it's, yeah, it's frightening to see um, this coordinated effort to, to attack these kids and, and, um, force them into believing that there's something they're not that, and it wouldn't be such a big deal if, if the medical complications weren't there. Yeah. If they have, you know, socially transitioning is one thing. I think it's all very confusing for them. Childhood and adolescence is already extremely confusing for anybody going through it. And to add on to it is just, I mean, the yeah. depre depression and anxiety skyrockets as a result, but you know, beyond that, like we are actually playing with their lives. They're being used as lab rats in this experiment to, and it's gonna leave them with um, lifelong trauma and hopefully nothing else. But you know, if they go through on, if they start becoming medicalized, like it will affect them physically as well. That's what I always say. I love what you said about how adolescence and um, you know, the puberty, you know, age is difficult mm -hmm. for everyone trans or not. And I think, you know, cause obviously I transitioned as an adult and I think like, would right. I have been able to even handle transitioning as like a 12, 13, right. 14 year old? It's like, I don't mm -hmm. think so. I think back to everything that was happening back then um, in my life and just, you know, you're coming of age and you're in school and you're in the, like, I don't think that would have been good for me at all. I understand that's an anecdote, but hey, I'm, I'm trans, so I can say that. Um, I think that when it comes to, the big pharma aspect of this. I think that that is so understated by so many people and it's it's not talked about enough. I feel like people do need to know that you are a lifelong medical patient when you are trans. Right. Um, unless you do transition and even then, most of them still are on some sort of medication. I did an interview on the show. Um, many people remember with um, a detransitioner who goes by the online name Shapeshifter and uh, he's on medication for the rest of his life because of the mistake that he made. Um, that was an interview by the way. Thank you so much. Um, and, you know, when I think back just throughout the last few decades, the medicalization of children has actually been something that's been ramping up, even aside from the trans stuff. I mean, you have all these kids who, you know, this is going to be controversial. I don't care. I say it's controversial all the time. But 
um, you know, kids who exhibit maybe like some bad behavior because they're not in the great uh, a great home life, and right. suddenly they're put on all these medications. They're put on medications for, you know, they're put on Ritalin and they're put on anti-anxiety medications and anti-depression medications. When in reality, like sometimes it's very much external things that are making them feel this way. I was one of those kids. I was a kid who right. grew up in not a great family life, and my mother put me on medication at a very young age, thinking, well, oh, he has depression. He back that obviously he has depression. Yeah. Um, so obviously we need to put him on medication and I'm this like eight year old little boy. And it's like, maybe, um, my family should have gotten their stuff together and provided a better home life for me. I wouldn't have been depressed about all the turmoil and, you know, stuff going on in my, in my household. So the medicalization of children is something that's been ramping up and, yes. but this is even more permanent. So it's like, I was put on, you know, depression medication at eight, but once I got a little older and I was like, screw that, I'm not taking that ever again. But like these kids that are, you know, on puberty blockers and, and, and hormones at a young age, they're always on them. Yeah, you can bounce back from antidepressants. You know, it might right. take a while to, to for your body to normalize and regulate itself again. But yeah, I mean, the uh, Lupron um, is one of the most used puberty blockers and it's known to be, I mean, it's been used, I think it's still used to chemically castrate sex offenders. Mm -hmm. Fact that we're putting, you know, and also um, so many women have commented on our posts when we talked about Lupron saying that they've been on it for endometriosis and it has completely ravaged their bodies. Like, wow. uh, and they've been off it and they're still having these complications years down the road. And to think that this is being put into children's bodies that are still forming, their brains are still forming, their bones are still forming. It's notorious. Um, Shapeshifter, I think, was talking about how she uh, he has osteoporosis, mm -hmm. right, after being on these medications right. um, as an adult. Even. As an adult, yeah. Not super young. Like, there was this documentary on HBO a few years ago called Transhood, I believe it is. Oh, my God, that and one was so insane. yeah. And like, they're showing this little girl that um, is, you know, his mom's, it's a lesbian couple, <laughs> not representative of all lesbian couples, but uh, yeah, they, they were putting him on Lupron and he was 12, I think. She, sorry, looks like a little boy, really does, but it's a girl. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. I call people by the pronouns that they look like, you know, so. And well, that's I'm how it works. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's and I totally respect that, especially as an adult, like do whatever you want. But um, yeah, it's I mean, I think that very soon, you know, the D trans movement is really growing right now. You yeah. hear more and more and more every single day and their courage to come out as D trans and be vocal about it is inspiring others. But I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in five, 10 years when these kids have grown up a bit more. Um, and I think that they're going to tell everybody the same thing that we're telling them from gays against groomers that this is child abuse and that it is um it is a horrific medical experiment really is what they're doing um and these kids you know they're being told it's health care it's gender though they have a beautiful they always manipulate language very well it's That's like the number one tool of leftists if they if they have to they use language the same way they're redefining the word recession right now on wikipedia right. because they can't handle the fact that they put us in a recession this is what they do sorry keep going oh for sure that's something that i've been hitting on for years um because it's so important and we don't our side doesn't do that uh well at all if at all but yeah like with black lives matter like you name an organization black yeah. lives matter can't come out against it because what you don't think black people matter like their lives are 
they don't matter, right? So you can't say you're against Black Lives Matter. And that's how they that's how they manipulate language. So affirming care for children, like who would ever want to be against helping children? Right. You know? But so so they always conflate the language to represent the opposite of what it really is. Um yeah. and, and if and people need an example, like of a very easy way, like people nowadays don't really support PETA, right? PETA stands for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. I'm huge on that. In fact, there's like certain types of meat I don't even like to eat because I just feel bad for the animal. Like I'm very like pro-animal, but I don't support PETA. Does that mean I don't like animals? No. So people just need to see through, like language is so powerful. Um, In the same way that there's going to be people arguing that we're not in a recession because they redefined it. It's like insane. So many NPCs walking around now, they'll just be like, one person with a bit of authority will say this is gender affirming care and then millions of drones gender affirming care yes good yeah. for children you but, know but have you noticed how i haven't seen anyone really on the left responding to the fda coming out and saying you know all these new complications are are likely from puberty blockers i haven't seen anyone call it out really and you were saying that earlier about rachel levine and and joe biden himself how you know they push this and then new information Trust the science, they say. Right. New is coming out, and they don't. They don't speak about it. They don't walk their claims back. They don't apologize for getting it wrong. They double down, mm-hmm. and it's true evil. Like you, their intentions. It is are, evil. Yeah, their intentions are to hurt children. Um, because you know, if you actually want to trust the science and uh, you know be truthful and actually help kids like you would tell them straight up immediately like all the gender clinics for youth will be shut down immediately you know this would be taken off the market for kids but it's not it's just they you know more and more gender clinics open more um voices of authority and organizations get behind it saying it's safe tested you know so it's it's really sad and people come out against us saying that we're the ones that are hurting children and by by denying them, by saying they shouldn't have access to this. It's just backwards. I wanted but- to get into that because obviously Gays Against Groomers gets a ton of heat on social media. I've seen people tweet about how it's secretly ran by a straight white male, which honestly, even if it was, I wouldn't be mad. It's still a great message, uh, but it's clearly not. You're here and you're not a straight white male, at least to my knowledge. Uh- not, let me not assume. <laughs> um, but what are some of the arguments they really launch against you? Because the fact that anyone can really fix their mouth to be like, I'm against this group that's also against groomers is like. I know it's more of a self-admission on their part. I think the fact that anybody would come out against us, it's like, it tells them a lot more about them than us, I think. So I've never seen some groomers openly out themselves as they have when trying to, you know, attack us. It's interesting, interesting uh, hill to die on. But yeah, so we have had a bunch of hit pieces written about us so far in the short time that we have existed. Um, They like to say that we're an anti-LGBTQ hate group. So that's that's the main one. Um, They try and say that, uh, you know, we're, yeah, they think that we're funded by dark GOP money. Um, We are not connected to any, any, group besides ourselves. I mean, we, we completely are self-funded. We've raised, we've gotten like 50 small donations from people. We took the donations off of our site actually for now 
and merch because we're in the process of incorporating as a nonprofit to, just to protect us legally um, because we have a big target on our back. But yeah, yeah. we've been sus- we've been suspended twice by Twitter um, for quote unquote hateful conduct. Um, and we're just, yeah, it leaves us very uh, confused as to how that is seen as hateful, but trying to sterilize and mutilate children and leave them with lifelong, you know, medical complications is seen as loving and caring. Um, right. It's just so backwards. That's the thing I struggle with so much is like so much of this conversation. I feel like it's just like two sides living in two completely different realities. And right. to me, it makes all the sense in the world that children can consent to permanent bodily changes. To me, right. that seems like a very baseline, like who could disagree with that? But then you it's, have these people that like just work around it so hard. And, and it's like, I don't get it. And I don't know how to merge those two realities. I don't really know the solution other than continuing to educate people. But um, yeah, it's really, we find it um, crazy that the stuff even that we say even needs to be said, you know, that yeah. the stuff that you about regarding this even needs to be said. They're children. Like they, they can't even smoke cigarettes till they're 18. They can't get, you know, there's all these regulations and laws to protect children from doing stupid things, right. you know, but don't know what they're doing. And right now in schools, you have teachers, uh, you know, trying to teach kids about pronouns before they even know what their favorite color is. Right. And their, their imaginations are incredibly vivid. They change their, you know, when you ask a kid what they want to be when they grow up, they say a pirate or or, or like a, a ballerina, well, not, um, sorry, they say like a pirate or a dinosaur or what have you, yeah. just insane things that they cannot be, really. Um, and so, and especially when, when it's shoved down their throats and planted in their head that this is a good thing, that, you know, um, this is something you should look into and want to be, uh, because all their other all their friends are now doing it. Um, and they're rewarded, right? Like a lot of these kids. So you have these teachers and Libs of TikTok has done a really great job of documenting these just disgusting teachers that when I watch the videos, I literally want to punch a hole through a wall. Like some of them are just so bad. Um, and you have these teachers who very obviously, it doesn't even have to be said, they have a huge bias towards you know, queerness, LGBTQ stuff. They're putting flags up in the classroom. And what happens is they're creating this environment where why wouldn't one of their students who wants to be in the favor of their teacher say, yes, I'm queer. Yes, I identify as this. They're going to get a positive feedback from it. They're going to get a positive reward from it. And not to compare children to dogs, but that's like kind of like how you train a dog. Like they're literally training these kids that when you identify as this, you get a positive reaction, even if it's just like a kindness or like a sparkle in the teacher's eye. Like kids want to be liked by their teachers. Yeah, so, kids want to be adults, especially adults that they look up to. Yeah, you know, want to, and, and they also want to copy adults. You know, like a child um, that a, a, a young boy that's with his dad working outside. You know, doing doing something, construction, whatever, building, like, of course, the, the kid wants to pick up a hammer and a saw and wants to replicate what his dad's doing because he loves his dad and thinks he's cool. Um, so, yeah, and these teachers are so crazy. They're and insane. These teachers, like, what adult, why do these adults need validation from children about their sexuality and their gender? Uh, well, well, this is something I believe for a long time. That's another one of those, you know, statements I'm going to make that people are probably going to misconstrue and, and be mad at me for. But, and this is not all teachers, 
But something I've noticed, even when I was like younger, like as a kid, I would notice like a lot of these teachers in middle school and high school seem like mentally stunted to some degree in the sense that a lot of them, like the reason they chose to work in a school, not all of them, but some of them is because they never kind of left that like school mindset. Like a lot of them are kind of childlike in their behavior and their outlook on life. And you would see them like have like friendships with the kids and get involved in the kids drama in high school and stuff. And it's like a lot of these teachers never really left the high school mentality, especially like I come from a really small town and um, a lot of the teachers there like never left the hometown. And it's like they went to that school and then they got old enough and just became a teacher at the school. They never left the like culture of being in school. A lot of them are just kind of childlike. Yeah, I I think you're right with that. It's just bizarre. It's, like, yeah. Adults don't want to talk about anything like this with kids, let alone need validation from them to confirm to yeah. them that it's okay that you're this way. I don't know. The whole thing is just unnecessary. It just adds to the confusion that kids are already dealing with every single day. Um, it's just scary. Like, I don't have kids. And I'm scared. I mean, I... Part of me wants to have kids and part of me is just like, this is insane. I'm so scared for them, but- um, I feel you. How do you respond? Oh, sorry, keep going. But no, I'm sorry. I think in the end, like obviously we're gonna win this battle. I think that their voices, it's so sad that this is happening to them at all, but they are gonna come out and I think they are gonna be the ones also to put an end to it. And I'm hoping that we can help put an end to it before that happens. And it has to, it has to be ended. Well, one of the great things about kids is it's it's both it's a double-sided sword, but they tend to rebel. And I think that like having all this stuff forced on their throat with the, such an intensity, I can only imagine that as I get older, they're going to be like, wow, like for, for lack of like not putting in the most eloquent terms, it's going to be kind of like, fuck that gay shit. Like this is too much. Like I feel like mm -hmm. it's going to be the opposite, right? But then you have the problem because humans are just can never get it right. I feel like it's going to be a pendulum effect where like the next generation becomes actually homophobic. And it's like, well, maybe if you just raise these kids to understand there are people different than them and you're not to love them or hate them simply by virtue of being different, then everything's going to work out. But of course we can never go that way. Um, no. How do you respond yeah. to the criticism that I've seen, not just you guys get, but obviously the term groomer is like a, who knows if I can even put that in the YouTube title at this point. Um, the word groomer has been banned on Reddit. It's been banned on Twitter. People are getting suspended for talking about it. And it's it's a, a whole discourse, right? Even aside from you guys' amazing movement. Um, how do you feel about the fact that the other side seems to think, or at least they're saying that they believe that people are making it out to be that all gay, lesbian, bisexual, or trans people are groomers. And this is a slur now for just regular gay people. Yeah. Um I think that there are that gay people are being associated with groomers, not because people are calling gay people groomers, but because of the grooming behavior they see coming from the community. Um, and yeah, a lot of people, even even on the right, don't want to use the word groomer. They think it's like it, it's not good to uh, to just group everybody in with that with that word. And obviously, it's not a good thing to just assume everybody in the community is a groomer because that's not true. Right. But I, I think that the word is completely appropriate, appropriate, accurate, it perfectly and accurately describes the behavior that we're seeing happening. Um, so I, I and Gays Against Groomers are against that word being labeled and banned um, as an anti-LGBTQ slur. None of us have ever been called groomers. Uh, I'm sure you've never been called a groomer. Um, 
So I think if people want to stop being called groomers, they should probably stop grooming children. We see right. it as a really fix. It's not that complicated. We don't have that problem. Um, and, you know, I think that I think that the, by them labeling it, uh, the word groomer as an anti-LGBTQ slur, it only reinforces the idea. Like it only paints us more as that. Um, yeah. And I think it's the, a negative effect. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it shouldn't be banned at all. Obviously, I don't think anything should be banned because I'm basically a free speech radicalist. But um, yeah, I think it's having the opposite effect. And I think they know that they just don't care. They're just trying to, you know, they don't care about any minority group. They're just trying to push their agenda. So yeah. they're our community. They're latching onto our community and using us kind of as a prop to do so. And we never consented to that. Nobody asked us how we felt about that. So um, we really resent it and we want to make it very known um, before we all are truly associated uh, with these radicals in our community and that that speak on behalf of us. Um, we want to make it very clear that the vast majority of gay people and everybody in the LGBT community uh, are actually disgusted by this, too. And we want we don't want anything to do with them. To me, it seems like the simplest thing in the world to condemn the sort of behavior. To me, it does. it's not like such a stretch. It's it not be- such a headache. Like it's the simplest thing. Like, oh yeah, that's wrong, that's messed up. And for some reason, it's like, it's just so impossible for you know a lot of people in the community. And to me, what the part that I don't get is that people don't understand that when you ban the word groomer, who are you really protecting? Because I personally believe, just like you said, you know, Y'all have never been called groomers. I've never been called that. And bitch, I've been called like everything. I'm not calling you bitch. I'm just saying bitch in general. That's how I talk. Um, I've been called everything. So right. if you're getting called a groomer, there might be an issue with your behavior. There might be an issue with what you're supporting and or doing. Like I, I feel you are what you answer to. Like, and if it doesn't apply, then it doesn't apply. Right, um, like we're not by the word groomer because we're not groomers. If, right. if you're trained, then you need to look in the mirror. And why, why do you feel that way? Why do you feel they're attacking you? by just saying groomer you know if you're not you're not doing anything shady or promoting anything like that uh the grooming of children then you should have no problem with it and you should want to call it out too to stop it but obviously that's not the case and and in in regards to what you said about um you know it should be this should be a really easy thing to come out against I think that I think that our whole country and just society is so used to fighting about everything yeah like that that it has people really defending some truly messed up stuff and um yeah it's scary yeah and it seems to me that if you ban the word groomer you're only protecting pedophiles exactly well apparently now yeah they're being their big tech is is uh protecting them as i mean they're they're a protected class of people now and the people trying to meanwhile the children that are actually being hurt by the groomers are just free game and they're encouraged to be around them. It's just, like you said, everything is so backwards. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Every day we're like, how am I even, how is this even a battle that I, we need to be having right now? It seems to me like, and I've, I've said this for years and I've always gotten backlash until very recently. Now people are kind of coming around to this idea that they the, the left is literally forcing anti-pedophilia to be a right-wing virtue. And I think that's so wrong. I think that's so twisted. I feel like where are we really as a society if we can't unite around that very basic fundamental, like, yes, this is wrong. It's, it's, it's just like being able to say, yes, murder is wrong. 
Right. It should be the same thing. It, mm-hmm. And I don't think this is really what they want, but again, they're just so used to doubling down that they don't even know what they're doing or do they know what they're doing? I don't, maybe I'm giving too much of a benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's just like a bunch of sick people and maybe like much more, a much larger percentage of our population are literally pedophiles than we ever would imagine or even like to admit. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, that thought crosses my mind a lot. It's really scary. I mean, pedophilia has always been around, but, um, you know, the, the, you just had a talk with Chris, Chris Hansen, yeah. which was sick, but I'm sure he told you, I mean, I, I think that it's a lot more prevalent than we like to think because our minds don't go there. It's like shocking that anybody could, could have an interest in children that way. Um, but I, I think that that always has been the end game for, for this agenda. Um, you know, back when we were fighting to get gay marriage legalized, which happened not very long ago. I mean, it was 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years. Um, you know, and there were the the extremists on the right that would always warn of the slippery slope and uh, for reasons that they didn't want gay marriage to get passed. And I always thought they were absolutely insane. I was obviously very nice. But I was like, no, we just want equal rights under the law. And so many of us, that's really all we wanted. That's all we were fighting for, at least me. And I know so many others, but, um, you know, we were fine ending the fight there. You know, like you were saying, we have every single, we have all of our rights. We achieved what we were fighting for. Um, but obviously I was very naive and now we're seeing that we're basically at the bottom of the slope. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's the bottom. I'll never forget, forgive these people for proving those people that warned about it to be correct. But so that, you know, it's our fight to have to clean up the mess and reverse. Yeah. I think it's only going to be able to be really done from people within the community, you know, and it's really sad. And I, it's just disgusting what has become of our community. So many of us didn't want to go to pride fest for, for years. We haven't been involved in any pride events because of just how overly sexualized it's become even before they started going after kids. But now that, you know, yeah, what I is that? Like, I, what is that? I, I've never understood that. And I know that, um, you know, being trans is very different than being gay. And, you know, gay is a sexual orientation, trans is not. And so maybe that's part of the disconnect here. But, like, yeah. I don't understand why it's so sexual on the streets and why that's such a thing within, like, almost more so with gays than lesbians. I don't ever see lesbians doing half of that shit. Like, you know, right. there's videos of like old men twerking in like thongs in front of little kids that okay. go viral. And it's like, why is that a thing? And who is that helping? Yeah. As a lesbian, you're right. I don't really know. I've never understood it. Um, you know, there's a big difference between lesbians and gay men. And I'm not bashing gay men. I just truly don't understand that culture. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of gay people that are monogamous and live a great life just like anybody else. Um you know, with, with their partner. Uh, but you don't, you, you know, we never see that aspect of things because people like me and, and everyone else that lives that way, we're just at home minding our business. You know, we don't want to push anything on anybody. We don't, we just want to be left alone and leave everybody else alone and just live our lives. Um, like, like everyone else. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the obsession is with fetish stuff and kink at Pride Fest. I thought that, the, you know, it originally was just about being able to love who you love, who who you want in public, you know, and being able to show that and being able to 
be respected like and have the rights that every other citizen does so somewhere along the way it just it you know people don't know what to fight there's nothing left to fight for so it's just gotten so extreme that's a good point with themselves you know that's a good point i i think like there there is this corporate press narrative of what being gay being trans is in general that's you know not necessarily the truth but also just a pride parade specifically there's this the, the image that comes to mind when you think of the way in which the corporate press portrays pride festivals is very much like rainbows everywhere, which there are rainbows, um, you know, like like families and, and wholesomeness and and acceptance and love and just like a celebration. And like, while all of that does exist, there are also this other side where it's like dudes walking around in puppy bondage gear, old mm. men walking around in their underwear, sexual activity literally happening on the street in front of people. Um, right. And so I think that people are just so fooled by the mirage that the media portrays that they end up taking their kids to these things. And in my right. opinion, potentially traumatizing their kids. I mean, I feel like I'd be highly traumatized if I was a little kid and went to one of these things and saw like some of the shit that I've seen go down. Yeah, um, I, I think you're right. I think that a lot of parents are truly naive. They don't really understand what's going on. Um, and they just want to, you know, show their kid that it, they should accept everybody um, and that gay people exist, trans people exist. I think a lot of them are just don't. Yeah, because they're they're sold this cookie cutter version of it. Just, you know, very happy people marching along love, you know, with love is love signs. But I mean, it is 100 percent just a kink fest for the most part now. And yeah, I, I mean, I hope I, I would hope that parents could be smart enough to grasp that before taking their child to it. But I think a lot are just really naive. Um, and the ones that aren't, the ones that actually do know, they, uh, they, they need to be called out just as much as anybody doing these things in front of kids, you know? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, a child really isn't going to transition, first of all, without the approval of the parent. You know, like a 12-year-old isn't going to be able to take Lupron without their parent signing off on it and giving yeah. it to them. Um, a child isn't gonna, you know, there's this, um, libs of TikTok just shared this, uh, this video of a drag queen performing for children, opening their crotch in front of all the children. And, and you barely see an adult in the crowd. These oh, children, I saw that. yeah, the camera pans and shows the kids and they all look mortified. It's like, where are the parents? Why, you know, the parents, they can't drive. These kids cannot drive. How do they get there? Um, yeah, I mean, the responsibility, I think, ultimately falls on them as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I, we tweet a lot from the Gays Against Groomers account saying, like, parents, this doesn't make you hip. This doesn't make you with the times. This doesn't make you woke. Like, this is abusive. You're traumatizing your kids. And, you know, kids are innocent for just a very short time. And they, like I said earlier, they're already going to, they can't avoid it. You know, they can't avoid the gay stuff. And I'm not necessarily saying that they should, but they're already going to be bombarded with it enough just in their yeah. normal lives. They don't need it in their face, in person, in school. Um, but, you know, that's the path that the education system is on right now. They're, they're going down that path. And that's how things are right now. Just, um, you know, fa all these, all these events are being marketed as family friendly and, how about teaching kids how to pay their taxes, how to like right. balance a checkbook, like financial security, survival skills. Like if my car goes underwater off a mountain, what do I do to survive? Like 
it just seems like they're teaching kids in general a bunch of shit they don't need to even know. And then you add all this oh. gay stuff in and it's like, trust me, people are going to be gay without you teaching it. You're only going to annoy the kids or right. confuse them. Long time. We've all figured it out just fine, you know? And it wasn't <laughs> in school. Like when I was growing up, there was nothing on TV. There was nothing in school. I didn't, you know, I didn't know I was gay until I was 20. I realized it at 20 and that's fine. You know, like I, I wish I would have known just a little earlier. So um, I would have saved some time, like, uh, and not dated these guys that whatever. <laughs> but I was happy to find out at my own pace. That was totally fine. Yeah. Um, How about letting these kids' lives unfold the way they're naturally going to unfold, you know, rather than like trying to force something. But this right. goes back to the fact that this is, you know, people can say I'm being hyperbolic, whatever. It is straight out of the communist playbook that the idea that you're, the state owns your kids, you don't own your kids. We teach your kids what we want them to teach you. This is why I fully believe in homeschool. I fully believe in, I'm a little radical on public schools, actually. I wouldn't mind if public schools were like completely abolished. Um, I mean, what are they good for? They're completely useless. They're damn, they do more harm than good. I actually fully agree with that. I, I so during um, high school, I was on this program called Independent Study, where basically I met with a teacher once a week. And um, I learned 20 times more just being able to work at my own pace with a teacher than I did in a school environment where, you know, there are benefits like socialization and things like that. So I'm not saying like isolation is, is right for every kid, but I was able to actually learn. Whereas in school, honestly, you know, there's this quote, I think, I think my best friend, Michael Malice, this is his quote, but it might be, he might have took it from somewhere else. He says that public schools are often the only place that any human being is going to experience physical violence. And that's the truth. A lot of these schools have huge problems with bullying, huge problems with, you know, physical assaults happening. You have, you know, guards now and metal detectors. And I don't know. I just feel like homeschooling needs to be thought of a lot more often. And the stigma should definitely be, you know, talked about more how there's a stigma that if you're homeschooled you're some kind of like freak or you're abnormal you're not going to come out right and honestly the way I see society it's like coming out of these public school indoctrination camps are really the thing that's making people messed up oh for sure I, I think that that perception is changing more and more all the time I think people are embracing like the trad life more and more um and you know these these schools are really going to be their own worst enemy you know the the education system the more they keep going down this path and, and not teaching kids anything useful, confusing them, doing more harm than good. I mean, I think that it's, I mean, it's the, the percentage of, of people that are choosing to homeschool is skyrocketing, you know, yeah. almost as the percentage of kids that now identify as trans. It's like right. way up, you know? Right. What do you think about the fact that um, some people within the community support the idea of separating the T from the LGB. And that's a big debate within the community. I'm not quite sure where I stand on it. What I will say is that trans is so much different than the LGB aspect that it's it's not like I can't completely understand why people would want to separate the two. The part of me that says like maybe we shouldn't is that it traditionally and historically always was the LGBT. So why, you know, separate yeah. it? For me in my head, I see the Q as more of a problem. Um, but I, I, I empathize with both sides of the argument and half the time I go back and forth, like, yeah, the T should be separate. Cause it is so different. But what do you think as an L? I, yeah, I feel the same as you. Like there are so many times where, um, I think like there is literally no similarity between LG and B and the T, yeah. the LGBT love, the T is who you are. 
in no other way, in no other um, scenario, would those two things be combined, I don't think. Um, but at the same time, like historically, we have always, you know, that's kind of how it's been. We've always been a group fighting for equality together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, trans people didn't have to fight for marriage equality, but the fight was always there just for rights and, and to be seen as, you know, equals in society. So I don't know. I, I personally, you know, I, I understand the, the movement to want to remove the T, um, but I always feel bad about that because, like, I know so many trans people personally that that feel the same way as we do, you know, and, mm-hmm. like, I feel bad for the trans community, the people like you and Buck and Matt and everybody else that, um, you know, aligns with your with this. Uh, you know, you guys are getting a really bad rap, too, right now. You know, you're being associated with this stuff as well and losing support and i think it's really important that you know it, it's really important that our voices are here to speak out against it and show that not all of us are this way um and the mass majority of us are against it but overall i i don't know i don't see the need to separate right now maybe after i think the most important thing is to just focus on what's happening to kids and once we're yeah. past that i don't know maybe it's something we can discuss further yeah i think for me um i don't often feel this way in politics, um, because I think this is sometimes uh, not true, most of the time not true. I think that this, you know, fight against the predatory behavior in the community and the trans kids and all this, I think that it kind of is to an extent a numbers game in the sense of we just need to get at least half of our community speaking out against this. I think that once we get to the halfway point, it's like, no one can really paint the community as as believing these things because if it's split down the middle, you can't really say that. Um, and I think that's when the change is actually going to come and we're going to actually have a dynamic conversation about where to go from here. So mm-hmm. what do you think we can do to get to that halfway mark? If you even think that that's like an important part, but I, I think it is. I think that once people don't see people in the community that are against all this stuff as fringe Mm-hmm. they're not really going to have an argument that the community is supposed to be for it. And the group think is going to shut down because I remember a time when I first started my YouTube, um, there was, there was no gays against groomers. There was no, you know, Buck Angel wasn't speaking out. There were no other people really. Um, yeah. and I always wish there was, and it was so frustrating. And now it's like so exciting to see you guys and, and Buck and, and, and even Caitlyn Jenner on Fox news. Sometimes she's a mess, but it's like, at least she's out there, you know? Um, yeah. like, do you think it's a numbers game or what do you think the strategy here is? Okay, personally, I think that we all we are the majority. I think that it's a fringe part that is pushing this, that wants this and that thinks this is okay. Um, but I think that they're just so loud. They're all you see coming out of it is because people are exposing it, but also because it's being pushed by all these other um, institutions. Um, but yeah, I think that it's really important to get vocal and... Um, to, to have the voices of more and more people from within the community to say no, you know, instead of just being quiet and like liking certain posts or whatever, like it has to be, we have to show up and it is a numbers game. We have to show up in the streets, you know, as a bigger, bigger uh, amount of people than them. You know, it's like any battle. Yeah. It is. Uh, and yeah, that's why it's so important. I think for us to have gays against groomers now to ban behind and to have chapters all over the country and the world. Um, because once, as we keep growing, I mean, it is impossible to ignore and the headlines are going to change. It's going to be, you know, wait, no, we don't all support this. This is who, you know, we have this huge group of people 
and our message is um, no, basically, please stop doing this and please stop doing it in our name. You know, this right. is beautiful everything else but yeah you were a total pioneer in this in this space thank you um it's just it's just sad and it's hard to believe that now it's you know we're fighting for kids here it's crazy that it's gotten to this and i feel like it, it happened almost overnight the pile on really but it yeah. has been a long time yeah so mm -hmm. let's wrap this up with this because i want as many people watching this as possible to go support you guys to go follow you guys to be a part of you know i'm sure you guys are going to be setting up like you know real life events eventually i think that would be amazing how can people support you where can they find you and what can they do to help you like balance out the amount of censorship you guys are getting because you guys are getting censored as well yeah we are um no i really appreciate you wanting to help us out and keep the momentum going um we're we're brand new but we're we you know i think it shows how effective that and how needed our voices were in this fight um so yeah if anybody's interested in in following along and supporting us you can go to gaysagainstgroomers.com all of our social links you'll see there it's the first thing you'll see on the site um we actually, yeah, we took down our donation stuff right now. It's coming back soon and merch is coming back soon. We just need to make sure that we're protected legally. Uh, we want to set ourselves up as a nonprofit because we have a huge bullseye on our back. Um, people are, you know, there's a lot of these leftist lawyers, these these crazy activist lawyers that are just, you know, chomping at the bit to right. destroy a, a community like ours. But yeah, right now, just follow us and spread the word. That's all that we ask right now. Um, help people find us, help out, help gay people in your life and trans people in your life find our community. Um, because it, as Blair was saying, it's just, it's so important to grow right now. That's the most important thing is to grow in numbers. Right. Well, thank mm -hmm. you so much for coming on, Jamie. It was an honor. I believe in what you're doing over there with Gays Against Groomers. And we'll have another, another one of these talks again. This was great. Yeah, thank you for having me. Truly, truly an honor. Thanks, Blair. Thanks. Talk soon.